a packed show today, guys, with uh, some previews for the men's and women's basketball team, a recap of the women's basketball win on Thursday, and a look at some IU football news that isn't about players transferring away or anything of that nature. We have a lot to cover today. We're going to fly through it, so hang on tight. You are Locked On Hoosiers, your daily podcast on the Indiana Hoosiers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, guys? It is Friday, December 10th. This is Locked On Hoosiers, your daily source for IU Athletics news, analysis, reaction, uh, everything you guys could possibly be looking for. I'm your host, as always, Jacob Rude. want to thank you guys for making Locked On Hoosiers uh, your first listen every day. Uh, just a reminder that uh, Locked on Hoosiers is free and available wherever you guys listen to podcasts, as well as on YouTube at Locked on Hoosiers. Today's episode is brought to you by NetSuite. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. Head to netsuite.com slash locked on NCAA for special end of year financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses. As always, guys, make sure you're subscribed to the show. Make sure you're following us on Twitter at LO underscore Hoosiers. Make sure you're following us on Instagram at Locked on Hoosiers. We're jumping right into it today. As I said, there's a, a lot I want to try to cover. Uh, time willing, we will see. But we're going to start off the men's basketball team. They obviously play on Sunday. But I want to touch a few more things on that Wisconsin game, just as some final thoughts before we put that to bed, because uh, it was a frustrating, emotional reaction on the podcast yesterday. And uh, I want to make sure that there's a couple points I didn't get to or forgot about as I was kind of ranting. Uh one of the biggest things, just kind of looking back in hindsight, reading some stuff today, this team is still learning to win. And a stat I saw in Zach Osterman, one of Zach Osterman's pieces today, no player on this team has NCAA tournament experience. And when you frame it like that, and you look at that Wisconsin team and all the experience that they have, um, in hindsight, I mean, it it makes a little more sense uh, what happened. It's never going to really make total sense. Uh, but when you look at the Hoosiers who are a team that kind of rides waves of highs and lows and a Badgers team that as, as exciting as that first half was, the Hoosiers were never going to go into Wisconsin and beat that with that Badgers team by 22 points. And they were always going to come alive in the second half. Um, and they kind of realized who they were. And they relied on some of that experience to just grind out some baskets, grind out defensive possessions, get some momentum building, and then ride that wave. Uh, that's just kind of the two differences between this these two programs right now. The Hoosiers hopefully are going to get back to that point, as they should. Um, but right now this is a a talented Hoosier team that doesn't have much experience and they're still learning how to win. That's one of the biggest things to take away from that loss. Uh, Xavier Johnson is for all the frustrations we have with him. 
He's still going to determine how far this team goes. When the Hoosiers are playing well, it's almost always because Xavier Johnson is playing well. When they're playing poorly, as they did at the end of the game Wednesday, Xavier Johnson was at the center of that. He's at the center of all the good and all the bad uh, this team does. He's going to determine how far this team takes us. Still supremely talented. Still lightning quick. Still great passing vision. It's just ironing out some of those wrinkles, smoothing things out between him and Trace. I have confidence. I've calmed down a little bit. I was frustrated last night or uh, last night when I recorded yesterday's show. Um, I, I've I've calmed down a bit. I'm I'm still pretty high on this team, mainly because those first 20 minutes still happened, and I know I and I think a lot of others were so frustrated by that second half that we really couldn't look past that. Those first 20 minutes still happened, and that matters moving forward. The Hoosiers are somewhere between that first 20 minutes and the second 20 minutes. If they can find that, where they fall in between that, those two halves and consistently be that team, they're going to be a really good team. And I have confidence in Mike Woodson and this team to get it figured out. IU plays Merrimack on Sunday. This isn't going to be much of a deep dive into this team. I started to look into it. This is a really bad Merrimack team. Uh, As I said, noon, Sunday afternoon, in Assembly Hall. It'll be on Big Ten Network. Merrimack is 4 of 7, 4 and 7 this year. Excuse me, I already played 11 games. They are really bad offensively. Like, one of the worst offenses in the country. They cannot rebound. They play super slow. About the only positive that they do is force turnovers, which, I mean, when it's Indiana, that's a positive, a big positive. The Hoosiers were good. That was one of the big positives in general for IU against Wisconsin. But um, Merrimack, this is going to be a game where the Hoosiers are going to keep them off the scoreboard for a really extended period on Sunday, I think. So, It'll be a nice get-right game, and it should be another blowout for the Hoosiers as they continue to try to figure some things out. Ken Palm predicts at 71-52 in favor of IU, 96% win probability. Uh, there's no bet online odds yet. We're re- I'm recording this late Friday night uh, between – shout-out Ron Harper Jr. with that shot against Purdue – uh, it's amazing it took Purdue this long to get ranked, and it la- ranked number one, and it lasted exactly one game. But good Lord, what a shot to upset the number one team in the country. So between that, between that Kanye Drake concert, I'm sure a lot of you watched. Uh, <laughs> I I push back podcasting, but um, as of now, there is no bet online odds, so nothing to look at there. But I expect this to be a blowout. The women's team did blow out Fairfield on Thursday. We'll talk about them and preview an even bigger game for the Lady Hoosiers uh, on Sunday as well. First, though, let's talk a minute about kicking things up a notch for the big game, the grand stage, the Super Bowl. Super Bowl 56 at SoFi is less than 100 days away and on location, the official hospitality partner of the NFL is the only place to score a -a once-in-a-lifetime Super Bowl ticket and experience package to the big game. Select your exact seats and choose from elite experiences featuring an exclusive pregame celebration with college stars turned NFL legends Troy Aikman, Marcus Allen, Tim Brown, and more. 
plus accommodations at five-star LA hotels and food by the great Wolfgang Puck. Visit onlocationexp.com slash SB56 for more information or just search Super Bowl on location. That's onlocationexp.com slash SB56 or search Super Bowl on location. This is it, the putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours. But on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software? To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to today's sponsor, NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite's the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. Uh, With visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, planning, budgeting, and more, NetSuite is everything you need to grow all in one place. With NetSuite, you can automate your processes and close your book in no time while staying well ahead of your competition. 93% of surveyed businesses increase their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite. Over 27,000 businesses already use NetSuite, and right now, through the end of the year, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind financing program to those ready to upgrade at netsuite.com slash lockedonncaa. Head to netsuite.com slash lockedonncaa for special end-of-year financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses. NetSuite.com slash LockedOnNCAA. Women's team uh, played Fairfield on Thursday evening. There was no contest. Fairfield came into this game. No one on their roster was listed above six foot one. Hoosiers have a couple players above six one, including Mackenzie Holmes. The result was that Indiana led 26 to 8 after the first quarter. There was no slow start today because IU had a 23 to 0 run in that first quarter to build up that lead. And the biggest news out of this one, Grace Berger is out of her slump. She hit her first non-heave three-pointer of the season. An odd little stat. She's had a couple uh, shots right before the halftime buzzer, half-court shots that have fallen. Uh, But she finishes with 19 points on 7 of 10 shooting from the field. Uh, Knocked down one of her two threes, four of four at the line. Absolutely massive to get her going. Uh, Mackenzie Holmes and Alexa Gouble just dominated uh, underneath. Holmes had 23 points, missed one field goal, five rebounds. Gouble was a rebound short of a double-double, 21 points and nine rebounds. The one concern is that uh, IU has had has 74 turnovers in the last four games. I'm not a math whiz. Uh, that's just a tick under 20 uh, per game the last, uh, last four games. It's right over 19 uh, per game. So it's concerning. It's not great, but uh, the big thing was to get Grace Berger going on the night, especially as they head into the thick of the um, conference race. But overall, a dominating performance for the Hoosiers. They won every quarter but the final one. They were level. The benches were emptied in the fourth quarter. Uh, The the reserves played a fair amount on the night. Um, So some good minutes for them. Rest up the starters because it's a big one on Sunday for the uh, Hoosiers in Columbus. Number 10 IU versus number 21 Ohio State Sunday at 7 p.m. 
also on the Big Ten Network. Just stay on the Big Ten Network all day. Maybe take a brief break to watch some football. Uh, but this game is a big one. There were some exciting games last season. Uh, they obviously played twice in conference play. Both teams actually won the road game in the, our last regular season. Ohio State won the first game 78-70 in Bloomington in Assembly Hall. IU responded by winning uh, the track meet in Columbus, 87-75. Both these games up and down, fast-paced. This is going to be a fun game to watch. Every IU women's game has been fun to watch this year, but this one specifically, just the the play style, it's going to be fun to watch. Uh, we mentioned how important it was to get Grace Berger going. It's partly because she was really big in both games for the Hoosiers last season. In the loss in Bloomington, she had 26 points. Uh, followed it up a couple weeks later in Columbus by scoring 20 points for the Hoosiers. Uh, as is often the case, all five Hoosiers were in double figures. Uh, starters were in double figures in that win. Uh, this is a an offense that is at its best when everyone is scoring, and when that's the case, they're really hard to stop. Um, so it's a big one for the Hoosiers in Ohio or in Columbus against Ohio State on Sunday. Uh, the Hoosiers and Maryland are kind of the two favorites for the Big Ten title, but Ohio State's right there lurking. Maryland's been injured this season, a little beaten down, lost a couple games. So this is a big game early on for one of these two teams to potentially take a kind of an early foothold in the Big Ten Conference. So absolutely going to be tuning into this one on Sunday evening. This is going to be an exciting game to watch. Some football news on deck for you guys. Some exciting news, some interesting news uh, that I haven't really seen anywhere. I was actually tipped off to it by um, our Locked On Gators host, uh, Brandon Olson, who told me about a recruit that the Hoosiers have offered and found out some information about him. It's actually a uh, FCS transfer from Incarnate Wood and or word, excuse me. Uh, so we'll talk about him, a quarterback, here in just one moment. But I want to talk to you guys about Built Bar. This holiday season, grab the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, or even better than a candy bar. Built Bar, filled with so much holiday goodness, rich with decadent flavor, covered in chocolate, but amazingly low in calories, sugar, net carbs, and fat, while staying high in protein. You guys really get the best of both worlds, delicious and healthy. So many flavors, you'll have a hard time choosing. Will you have raspberry or mint brownie? Cherry or double cho double chocolate? My favorite, cookies and cream or peanut butter brownie. Uh, Want to cozy up with something warm? Have a Here's a holiday secret. Dip your Built Bar into a piping hot cup of cocoa. Let it melt a little and give your beverage a little bit of that Built Bar flavor. Plus, you'll have a nice melty Built Bar to go with it. Be sure to have a napkin on uh, on standby, though. can get a, a little bit messy. If you like some of those marshmallowy, marshmallowy, easier said than done, treats around the holidays, you need to get your hands on Built Bar Puffs. They're light, fluffy, and marshmallowy through and through. Different flavors, all covered in chocolate. Tastes so good, you won't believe they're filled with protein. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your order today. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order today. 
So as I mentioned, on uh, Thursday evening, uh, Brandon Olson, host of Locked on Gators, uh, DM'd me on Twitter that Cameron Ward, uh, it's, he tweeted, blessed to receive my first FBS offer from Indiana University. Uh, I knew absolutely nothing about him. I'm going to be honest. Uh, I am really bad about keeping up with recruiting. I can kind of do it in college or high school basketball. I'm terrible at it in football. Um, so I appreciated him reaching out. And I went to go look him up. Uh, 247 Sports is my kind of go-to. I go to the homepage, and boom, right there, they had just done a story on him. Uh, Brandon described him as mobile with a hose of an arm. Uh, the piece by 247 Sports was before Indiana had offered him. Indiana only offered him Thursday evening. But here's a, a kind of a summary to get you give you an idea of what we're kind of looking at. So this fall, he led all FCS passers with 47 touchdowns to go along with 4,648 yards third nationally, a 65% completion rate. Um, Cameron entered the transfer portal. It's early, but 247 Sports projects him to be one of the most popular names in the entire transfer market. It's a preliminary grade, but 247 Sports expects Ward to carry a rating in the 90s. That's something only three transfer quarterbacks, Quinn Ewers, Spencer Rattler, and Dylan Gabriel, can claim thus far. Gives you an idea of just how talented a player we're looking at. Uh, Incarnate Word, uh, their head coach left, which led to him to transfer. He is Washington State's offensive coordinator. I would assume they're going to get involved. Uh, they mentioned a couple schools. Um, it was non-Power 5 schools. So not only the, the, the in the piece, the belief was that a Power 5 school might offer. So not only did IU offer as a Power 5 school, they are the first FBS school to officially offer him. They got in on the ground floor quickly. There's obviously a vacancy with Michael Penix leaving. Donovan McCauley and Jack Tuttle are still there. I would assume McCauley is there regardless. I've mentioned that I would not be surprised if Tuttle was to transfer. That's a decision that's probably going to come. If it comes, it's going to be soon uh, because you can get enrolled for the second semester that, at your new school, things of that nature. Uh, but regardless... There is a vacancy now that Penix has left. Cameron Ward sounds like a, <laughs> a real deal. Um, Hoosiers don't get guys like this. So this is especially recruiting. The piece, which I would recommend going and checking out, again, it's on 247 Sports, talked about him playing in a wing T offense in high school and not being able to show off how good of an arm he has. Just not There was no tape on it, so nobody would take a chance on him. He showed it off in the FCS, and the Hoosiers took notice. So it'll be interesting. Indiana certainly has some questions at the quarterback position. Nobody was good this year as a quarterback. Donovan McCauley is the future, but he wasn't good in the present. And Jack Tuttle was injured. He has some questions about him. There's some limits to what he can do. Uh, so a guy like Cameron Ward that they're going after him is interesting, to say the least. Uh, we will see. We'll kind of keep an eye on that. I would expect there to be more programs offer him, but it matters that IU was the first. 
not just the first school, but the first Power 5 school to offer. We'll keep an eye on that. will be interesting to note, uh, but exciting. Not often IU is mentioned with uh, players, recruits of this level. Uh, last thing, Walt Bell was announced as the offensive coordinator officially on Thursday. Nothing surprising coming out of that. Uh, I do want to highlight a piece in the IDS, though, which was really, really, really good um, and something you guys should go check out. We, we talked to the IDS often. Uh, we brought on Tristan Jackson a couple times. I want to try to get some more people on. But this was a piece that uh, looked at what Walt Bell's offenses have done. It was by Luke Christopher Norton. I was trying to get his name before I dove into this. It's what Walt Bell's offenses have done compared to what Sheridan's and Kalen DeBoer's did in recent years. A couple things stuck out. Again, I'm not going to read everything because I want you guys to go read this. A couple noteworthy things, though. Uh, Bell's offenses average far more yards after catch per reception than Sheridan's. Uh, they typically split Bell's numbers up between uh, just overall and then his time as a power five or with power five schools. So in power five schools, 6.3 yards after catch per reception for Bell, exactly the same as Kalen DeBoer, 4.9 for Nick Sheridan. Uh, so in that regard, much closer to what Kalen DeBoer did. Uh, Bell runs far more play action than Nick Sheridan did. That just wasn't something um, Sheridan ever really did. Indiana called play action for Penix less than 30% of the time, while only one of Bell's seven starting quarterbacks has been under 30%. Uh, the other big thing, which was generally known, but it's nice to see the numbers, Bell has had some really, really good rushing attacks. 5.5 yards per carry. Nick Sheridan was at 4. Kalen DeBoer was at 4.6. I'm not going to beat a dead horse. Everybody knows the problems with the offensive line, and that has to change first. But encouraging, one of the big differences in what Walt Bell does versus what Nick Sheridan did is a lot of off-tackle runs, so runs onto the edges. Uh, that was just not ever something Nick Sheridan did. 57% of Indiana's runs went through the middle last season. Uh just 44% of those or of runs went through the middle for Bell. Um, when you're when he runs off tackle, Bell is averaging 5.96 yards. That was in Maryland in 2016-17. 5.96 yards. Uh, Nick Sheridan last two seasons, 3.3. Uh, so. That's a small sample size for Bell. It's a small sample size for Sheridan. That was just his time at Maryland. Uh, but that gives me some optimism. I We talked to Jared this week about the hire. He's obviously a lot more down on it than I was. Um, I'm, I don't typically really have strong feelings either way. It's not a sexy name. I'll certainly give you that. Uh, it's not encouraging that he's coming off of a 2-23 and record. But like I said then, a lot of good offensive coordinators don't make good head coaches. So that doesn't drive me away too much. And he's had varied levels of success at Maryland, 
Florida State, Arkansas State. So there's a playbook. He's still young. He is still learning. So I'm intrigued. These numbers help me get some optimism. Generally just an optimistic person. Come the fall next year, I will have fully talked myself into it. And uh, I will be telling you why the offense will work. Hopefully it'll be an offense uh, with Cameron Ward as an option as well. So some new and exciting news about IU football. It's been a doom and gloom week for IU football news. Wanted to try to send you guys off into the weekend with some excitement. Thanks again, guys, for making Lockdown Hoosiers your first listen every day. It's been a record week for us, and I cannot thank you guys enough. You guys are amazing. We'll be back on Monday with recaps of the men's and women's games on Sunday, hopefully two victories. Now for your second listen today, head on over to Lockdown Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs, hosted by your boy Q, expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. Appreciate all the love, the feedback. I want this to be a conversation. Please leave us a rating. Tweet us on Twitter. Comment on Instagram. Tell us what you love, what you hate, anything like that. I want this to be a conversation between us. Follow us on Twitter if you haven't already. Subscribe to the podcast. Rate and review. Really helps us out. Most importantly, though, guys, have a great Friday. Have a tremendous weekend. And LEO.